When she arrived, she banged on the gate. The gatekeeper asked, Why have you come? She answered, I have come to attend the funeral of Gugulana, the first husband of her sister, Arashkagal, the queen of the underworld. The gatekeeper reports this to Arashkagal. She told him to bolt the seven gates of the underworld, then one by one, open each gate a crack, and let Inanna enter. Welcome back to the Empath and Narcissist Podcast, Spiritual Healing with Human Design, Spirituality from Trauma and Narcissistic Abuse. Here we are empowering empaths into their power and authentic self with human design, tarot, astrology, after narcissistic abuse. It is here as a tool to help you bust out of the prison of narcissistic abuse, of being a victim from narcissistic abuse, and it allows you to be the architect for your own joy and peace in your life. Subscribe now. How to Stop the Cycle of Being a Victim Today I'm sharing with you a powerful and one of my favorite stories about Goddess Inanna. What's pretty cool is I recently discovered that the Goddess Inanna was the sun goddess, the goddess of fertility and love and war. She was also called Aphrodite, who was by the Greeks, <clears throat> who, of course, in turn, is also the representative archetype for Venus, the star of Venus, which is the planet Venus. And the planet Venus is all about love, relationship, and resources. So today I'm going to read to you a clip from my book, Empath's Guide to Rising Strong. It's on page 22, The Descent of the Sun Goddess Inanna. The reason I'm sharing this with you today is because this is a deep symbolism for shadow work. And shadow work is something we all have to do after we've awakened spiritually. We've realized we've been living in this unconscious world as a zombie and we have to do some growth. And the growth always comes from the shadows, from, comes from the things that we're hiding. Just what the narcissist doesn't want to do, that's what we are embracing and doing here to strengthen our emotional intelligence, to grow in our spiritual journey, and to connect deeper to our higher self and to let go and strip ourselves of our ego, which is a great armor, but it also is a detriment to ourselves because the ego seems to always get in the way and always start drama and arguments and and all the things that we just don't want to deal with anymore. We already dealt with enough of that with narcissism. So shadow work is that intense and it doesn't have to be intense. It can be very gentle too. But as we've all experienced it, it's hard to be like, yeah, I take ownership of, of that. I did do that or I do do that subconsciously. I don't want to anymore, but I do it, right? And then after we unearth that from the shadows, we get to 
you let it go, surrender it up to the universe and rewrite how we do want it, what we're learning through that lesson and the enlightened state of how we can be. So this is the tale of goddess Inanna's descent to the underworld. In ancient Mesopotamia mythology, Inanna was known as the queen of heaven. She was the goddess of love, war, and fertility. She was worshipped in Sumer, at least as early as the Uruk period of 4000 BCE to 3100 BCE. She is famously known for the myth of her descent into the underworld ruled by her older sister Arashgagal. Before her descent, she informed her guard to come for her if she did not return in three days. This preparation of a guard symbolizes that we cannot do shadow work alone and must call in a friend, coach, or spirit guide to aid us in our uncomfortable journey. You never have to do this alone. As she prepares for her descent, she dressed elaborately. She wears a turban, a wig, lapis lazuli necklace, beads upon her breast, the pala dress, the ladyship garment, mascara, pectoral, a golden ring, and she holds a lapis lazuli measuring rod. Each garment is a representation of a powerful, quote, me, end quote, she possesses. The ancient rule is, those who come to the underworld are not allowed to leave, but she braved forward with hopes to defy that law anyways. When she arrived, she banged on the gate. The gatekeeper asked, why have you come? She answered, I have come to attend the funeral of Gugulana, the first husband of her sister Arashkagal, the queen of the underworld. The gatekeeper reports this to Arashkagal. She told him to bolt the seven gates of the underworld, then one by one, open each gate a crack and let Inanna enter. As she enters, remove her royal garments. Arashkagal is suspicious of her sister's fine clothing, which is unacceptable for a funeral and her arrogant behavior. This reminds me of the slow transition into the depths of the narcissist web. It also reminds me of how we can be so arrogant in thinking that we can fix the narcissist. The guard tells Anana she may enter, but must give over her lapis lazuli measuring rod. She pauses and questions, but as she he <clears throat> edit. But as he says, it is the way of the underworld, and she hands it over. Inanna passes through seven gates at each handing over an article of fine clothing, stripping her of her power. The symbolism is that each layer of clothing is a layer of your ego. When all is stripped away, you are naked, open and ready for healing. When Inanna reaches her sister, she is naked and then holding on to her earthly ego role as queen, well, I guess heavenly, she made her sister Ereshkigal rise up from her throne, and instead, Inanna sat on her throne. This deception is looked at and judged by the Anunnaki deities. These seven judges looked at her. It was the look of death. They spoke to her. It was the speech of anger. They shouted at her. 
It was a shout of heavy guilt. The afflicted woman turned into a corpse, and a corpse was hung on a hook. This ultimate quote-unquote death symbolizes your ego, earth body, ultimately surrendering and dying to make room for your soul to awaken and your authentic self to rise again. It also reminds me of how we can become dead and nothing in a relationship with a narcissist. Three days and nights passed, and her guard did as Anana instructed and went to the temple to plead for her rescue. Three out of the four deities refused, saying her fate was her fault. But Enki, the fourth judge, had pity and created two sexless creatures to go down and appease Ereshkigal, who was in agony because of the death of her sister. They appealed to her and provided her solace and refused all all the offerings she provided them and requested only Inanna's body. They sprinkled Inanna's body with food and water of life and revived her. As the two creatures carried her up to the overworld, Ereshkigal sent demons to follow her, insisting someone needed to take her place. They tried to take three servants of Inanna, who were also close friends who mourned her. But Inanna stopped the demons. Finally, they came upon Dumazid, her husband, who was clothed and adorned lavishly, sitting on her throne and being entertained by slave girls, clearly not mourning her. And Inanna was displeased with his self-centered, disgustingly disloyal and unloving action. So she allowed the demon to take him to the underworld. When Dumazid was taken, his mother, sister, and Inanna mourned. Even though he was acting haughty, she had compassion for him, just like you and I do. She pleaded with her sister to allow him to be in the underworld for half of the year and on earth for the other half, trading with his sister. In the ancient world, this explained the seasons. This beautiful story shares her bravery of journeying to the depths, allowing it to strip her of what she was holding on to and the protective yet toxic part of her ego. It is a symbol of your spiritual journey in your brave and vulnerable work of healing from trauma and abuse. And even in the shadow work, you will not make all the right choices, but you have help along the way. Those whom you chose to be your life raft out of the dark in order to transform and rise with your toxic ego dead. And you see who truly appreciates and supports you. And in turn, it is easy to let go and release the self-centered, toxic people in your life. And after you have descended from the depths, you now rise up and embrace your authentic soul self in this avatar body. You are strong wise and powerful and nothing can stop you from shining your unique soul's essence light out into the world and this is the goal of this book to give you some questions to introspect why while not overwhelming you as you feel i remember have just one question would take me a whole week four months to process and look at my inner depths and behavioral patterns to make sense of it all then to figure it out and know how to shift moving forward. So as you read this book, 
give yourself time each morning to reread or answer a question and journal about what is coming up in your thoughts, in your interactions, and what your intuition has to say about it. This is your time to activate and reassess what you value, what patterns are repeating that are not serving you, and to level up and own your authentic self. To kill your earthly pain body in order to take responsibility and look in the mirror to allow your soul out and to make small changes to love and be braver and stronger and shine your soul aura out brighter like a diamond compressed by the molten hot earth. Release the old mistakes and experiences. They were your molten lessons, but now they are gone. Own your power to change your patterns and don't make the old choices anymore. Break the bonds that bind you to murky mediocrity and shine authentically bright. Thank you so much for tuning in to the end of this podcast episode and being an empath member here in the community. If you want to grab a free copy of my new book, Empath's Guide to Rising Strong, a human design guidebook, and a mini personalized human design reading. Click the link in the description. Be sure to listen to the Empath and Narcissist Audible book, or you can grab your paperback on Amazon. It is a profound exploration of my journey and healing, providing you with tools for healing as well. The link is in the show notes.